0: us on Facebook or YouTube, which is iconic, or you're listening to the fucking Lockdown Corner Podcast. Let's go. Welcome in. It is time. Oh, I wanted to surprise you guys with that one, because that's still one of the greatest interviews I have ever seen. But before we get dive into all of that, make sure you follow us, Facebook and YouTube, as I previously just mentioned, or if you're looking for the audio experience, follow our podcast on YouTube. Apple, and Spotify. We got a lot of stuff to get to, but before we get into the Green Bay Packers news and notes, we need to touch on a little bit of breaking news. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent news story. Breaking news. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen right now. All right. So very quickly, we're not going to spend a ton of time on this. But the NFL Hall of Fame has announced their finalists for this year. That doesn't mean they're in. They have to go through one more round of voting. You will find out in February. I can get you an exact date. February 10th, 8 o'clock, is the NFL Honors Show that is live. You will find out who makes it there. But I'm going to rattle off some of these names. Gentlemen, if you see something, say or hear a name, go ahead and raise your hand, and we could talk about that. But quickly, Jared Allen is a finalist. Willie Anderson is... Ronde Barber, Tony Bacelli, Leroy Butler, Packer, Devin Hester, Tory Holt, Andre Johnson, Sam Mills, Richard Seymour, Zach Thomas, Demarcus Ware, Reggie Wayne, Patrick Willis, and Bryant Young. That is a stacked class if I've ever seen one.
1: I have two comments on that. Number one, and neither about Leroy Butler, although he is an all time great, of course, you know. But my two comments on that. Number one, has there ever been a an NFL player with a better sack dance than Jared Allen's uh, no. the Jack in the Box? Man, that thing was iconic. I fucking loved it. I hated loving it, too, with him being on the Vikings, but I loved it. Um, and then, num- what was that?
0: thousand percent. I remember at recess playing two-hand touch, someone got a sack. That was, like, the go-to thing. That-
1: yeah. I, remember- <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, he's the absolute best. And then uh, number two would be uh, Devin Hester, just making it in off of being good at one thing. I mean, tried him on defense, tried him on offense, couldn't, couldn't catch a pass, couldn't run the football, couldn't cover. But, man, could that dude return a kick? What an iconic name to remember, too, off of just such a niche.
0: Fun fact, I was at Devin Hester's first uh, kickoff return. It was opening day, Green Bay, Obviously, that's the only reason I would have been there. And I just remember looking at not knowing who this clown is. I'm like, oh, who's this guy? He was so much faster than any one of the Packers special teams. It was nuts. He turned the corner and it was, just stop. Because you're not catching him. It was wild. But that's enough of NFL news because we got a lot to get to in Green Bay. Let's get at it. News and notes from the league. Well, we've been talking about it for a while. Jair Alexander officially off the IR. He is on the active 53-man roster. Unlikely to play this week, but the deadline for him to be at to be on the roster at playoff time, he needed to be activated. He is activated. That is a good sign, obviously, when any of your superstars coming back from injury are practicing. He's checking all the boxes. He might not play this week, and I wouldn't play him next week. Why waste him against... Amon Ross, St. Brown. But n- good news, uh, bad news, Bakhtiari, a little touch and go so far. Came back from a surgery, practiced for a week, then didn- didn't practice for a couple weeks. Now he's slowly building back up again. I guess my question, I'll start with our resident offensive lineman, Dustin. I guess my question is at this point, is it unreasonable to think that the Packers will be without David Bakhtiari this season?
2: Um, you know, that's a tough one. I mean, the, I mean, especially the past two weeks, the offense line looked pretty solid for the most part. You know, no big issues, but I mean, I, I guess I don't really know what they're doing with him. I don't know if he's having problems or if they're just being cautious. You know, I'm not sure what the whole story is, but I mean, if they're just being cautious and waiting it out until playoffs, I mean, sure. Just, I mean, we're winning games. There's no reason to. I mean, hopefully we can lock up the first seed within this next week here, but I mean, our offense line is doing fine, so I don't see why we would have to change it right now.
0: Okay, so Alec, my question – oh, sorry. I was going to throw it to you anyway. But my question for you is, can the Packers realistically win a Super Bowl with Yash or Yosh Nijman – I don't know if I said his name right – being their starting left tackle?
1: Um, I think that it's not out of the question, but I think it would be difficult because – I have a very good feeling that among these uh, playoff teams that we're going to be facing, we're going to be playing against either the Niners or Tampa Bay. And they, either way, I mean, it's a crap shoot there. You're going up against a really dominant defensive line. And I'm not saying that Josh Nyman hasn't been playing well for being, an, I don't know, is he undrafted? It, it seems like he's undrafted. I don't remember hearing his name on draft day. But... For him being kind of a no-namer kind of guy, he's been playing well. But that does not mean that he's ready to take on one of the Bosas. Does not mean that he's ready to take on Shaq Barrett. I mean, uh, I would really love to have Dave back. But to Dustin's point, I don't think that we necessarily need Bach to get that first seed. So, I don't know. I feel like if we can coast to the playoffs, get that first round by, come back, and have Bach, Tiari, Jair, and Zadarius all back, that would be ideal. However, I have been seeing on Twitter that there's a lot of people that are doubting that we'll get any of them back. Even with Jair getting activated off of IR, a lot of people are saying that that's just the Packers front office trying to toy with the rest of the league. So that, that way, we don't really, nobody really knows what's happening, and that wouldn't surprise me to be honest. Because I feel like ever since Lafleur has stepped in, the Packers have been super vague about any type of injury. I mean, what do you guys think about that?
0: So the Bakhtiari thing wouldn't make sense. The Alexander thing—if he's not ready to go, Minnesota's receiving core is a little banged up. You still got to worry about Justin Jefferson. He is a bona fide stud. But I mean, you're not going to throw him out there on KJ Osborne or Amin Ra, Ra St. Brown next week. Like you might as well just save Alexander. The Bakhtiari thing—and again, resident lineman can try him in here. I feel like, especially coming off a horrific injury like an ACL, I feel like you need those reps just to get that back under you and get to hitting people again. Whereas Alexander, okay, just stick to your guy. I mean, okay, he can do that in his sleep. I'm sure Bakhtiari can block in his sleep. But I feel like that takes a lot more repetition, especially coming off an injury like that, especially mentally. I'm sure you're going to be quite sensitive about that knee until you get knocked on your ass once or twice.
2: Yeah, it's – I mean, I can definitely see, to Alex's point, how they're kind of, like, toying with other, like, front offices, you know, and, like, coaching schemes and, like, not knowing what's going to go on, if they're going to play or not. It wouldn't make sense because, like, I mean, you kind of – because, obviously, teams plan for personnel. Like, hey, like, Jire's out there. Like, we're probably not going to throw it towards this side of the field or this guy as much. We're going to have to scheme otherwise. It wouldn't make sense. But I think, to your point, Alex, it does make sense, too, where – You know, especially, like you said, a knee injury, that is something, especially offensive linemen, especially tackle, you have to be very aware of because, I mean, you you tweak that one thing and boom, you're right back to the start and you're redoing everything again. You're out for a whole year. So, I mean, I do get how they're being cautious, especially with Bach, like they don't want to bring him back, just let him ease back into it. And then when he is back, he's at probably 100 percent. So that's a good thing. But with Jair, you know. I guess there's no reason to push them if we don't have to. I mean, our secondary is playing really well. I mean, there's no doubt about that. We're they're playing phenomenal. I mean, for the most part. I mean, I we'll we'll get into the games in a little bit. I'll wait for that. But for the most part, they've been pretty good with turnovers and such. So I don't I don't see a point in bringing them back if we don't have to.
0: So the other reason I'm glad you kind of touched on this, but with our secondary playing so well right now. Adding Alexander at this point is kind of a luxury. You're adding an all-pro to what has already been a very – well, not stacked, especially by name, but a well-playing secondary, although there's some defensive coordinator stuff we can get into in the game rewind. Um, But Bakhtiari, they need him more, especially with that offensive line being so banged up. And now you got to worry about all the COVID stuff because now some of their offensive linemen are on the COVID list. And actually, speaking of, the COVID list is up to 15, including our punter. So, not, I mean, it's a punter. I get it. But Bohorquez has actually been quite a weapon for them, being able to totally flip the field. So, the COVID thing, I think, is going to play an issue. And as much as we don't want to talk about that on this show, unfortunately, it's a part of all of our lives. We thought it'd be gone by now, but now it's affecting the sports that we love. I, basketball and football are just getting hammered right now. I don't follow the NHL, so I can't tell you. But college bowl games are getting canceled because of COVID. I mean, it's, it's going to get worse here, especially with this new variant. So a lot of these playoff games, you need depth. So any chip that you can get back, I think, is going to be huge. I, a month ago, we were all talking, oh, Green Bay's going to get healthy at the right time, blah, blah, blah. COVID's around, so that might not be the case. But the good news is is QB1 won't be tested basically until the week before the Super Bowl. So that works out. Speaking of, uh, Mr. Rogers made some interesting comments this week. I don't know if you guys saw this. Um, I'm not going to read too much into it. But basically, he came out and said whatever his decision will be retirement. He wants a trade. He wants to come back. He said he's not going to trade it. Jesus, I can't talk. He's not going to drag it out. I thought that was a little bit of a shot at uh, Mr. Favre, but I don't know for sure. (laughs) But it definitely sounded that way. Anyway, he's not going to drag it out. So we should know his decision on what he wants to do for 2022 relatively soon. I've heard that a lot of people that have dug into this were thinking, oh, well, it sounds like retire or... He'll play. He'll be back. I Part of me thinks that he just left the door open, which, I mean, why wouldn't you? He's got leverage. He might win a fourth MVP this year. So I guess, I don't know if you guys have heard this at all, but Alec, what do you think? Let's just get it out in the open. We've been talking about this Rogers thing ever since we started this podcast almost a year ago. After his comments and after the season, what have you seen and what are you thinking or leaning? Which way are you leaning on what he decides to do?
1: I do not think that he's going to go anywhere. I think that he's either going to retire or I think he's going to come back and play another year with us. I I can't see him leaving. I really can't. Um, I think it's kind of going to depend on how this season ends. I think that if we win a Super Bowl, he's going to retire. I think that if we don't win a Super Bowl, he's going to come back for one more. But either way, um, I respect his decision. If he does want to go somewhere else, it would really suck to see him in another uniform. But I also understand that, you know, it, it's a business. That's, that's the way things go. Um, but going back quickly, and I don't want to spend tons of time on this, but I disagree with you about the COVID thing. I don't think that we're going to see many players missing games at all especially in this stretch, because of the new rules that have come to, uh, to the NFL for COVID. Um, they've decided to cut the quarantine down to a five-day quarantine, and they are doing all of their testing on Mondays, meaning that if somebody tests positive on Monday, they're going to be cleared by Sunday to play. So I, I, don't, I, I could see them moving games so that players wouldn't have to miss. But I cannot see the NFL losing any money on these playoff games. I think that this new change in the protocol is going to help them to avoid that. And I think that in order to keep their capital up, they are going to move games rather than have to see uh, backup quarterbacks battle it out in the playoffs. That's my opinion, but I think that it's a pretty well I, I I don't know. I, I feel like with the testing being on Mondays and only five day quarantines, we're going to see a very limited number of players that aren't going to play unless they're actually really sick.
0: Well, and I'm I'm there with you, truthfully. And you're right. We don't need to have this conversation. But I my argument wasn't so much on the financial side because you're right. They are not missing playoff games. They'll play on Wednesday. They they don't care. They're going to make those games happen no matter what. But you know, if a quarterback. You know, say Rodgers, Brady, Kyler Murray. If something like that affects, yes, they'll move games. But product-wise, I'm just saying, okay, if they lose Devontae Adams, they're not doing anything about it. I'm I'm just saying the COVID thing is going to linger. You might lose a lineman. You might lose a linebacker or what have you. I think that's going to make the product suffer a little bit. But you're totally right on the financial side. They are going to put their head down and just blow right through all of it. They will make these games happen no matter what. Uh, Dustin. The back to the Rodgers thing. I want to throw this theory at you. These comments and I, look, say what you will. I heard this theory, I believe it was Colin Cowherd. I want to give credit. I'm not a giant cowherd guy, I used to be, not so much anymore, but he said his comments would essentially are essentially weeding out the quote unquote second tier teams. So basically, by saying what he said, okay, I'm not going to Cleveland, I'm not going to Vegas, I'm not going to Denver, I'm not going to Carolina or Washington or any of those type of teams. Basically, he's going to stay, or it would be one of those legacy franchises. So you're looking at a team like Pittsburgh would be an example. So, But what do you think – I threw it at you without any warning – first reaction to potentially that theory.
2: Uh. I just I don't see it. I really don't. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm 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 hundred percent with Alec on what he said. I there's no real good reason for him to leave. I mean the front office is working on the relationship, it sounds like it's going in the right direction from whatever I've heard for the past so many months. I just I don't see why he would leave for another franchise, like a big franchise when he's already in one. That's that's one my one problem. Like he's in Green Bay. Obviously, like you said, the first comment you said, it was his comments in that interview. You know, he he likes it here. He does, but it's just going to be if we can fix the relationship. I mean, that's as simple as that.
0: Well, and the other thing is, is this whole season, he looks like he's having more fun. He's praising his teammates almost after every game, pointing out individuals. And he just seems relatively at peace with where he's at. He wanted, he and Adams wanted Odell Beckham. Now, you can argue their offer was weak, but they were in the game. I mean, they might not give it their best effort. They might not present the best offer, but they're trying. They gave Beckham what they thought was a fair deal, and it didn't work out. They're trying, and I think that's really what he wanted to see. I will be interested to see what happens with the Devontae Adams thing. Him getting a contract in-season, that's out the window. That's not happening. But – if they, you know, after the Super Bowl or early, late February, early March, if they do extend him, I think that'll go a long way. But I guess we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But I just thought all of that was a little interesting. So i throw it at you. But we're talking future. We got to talk about the past. We were on a little Christmas hiatus. We missed a couple games, so let's get at it. Just Time to roll back the tape. What? Here's this week's Game Rewind. All I want to know if you got your popcorn ready. Alright, so both of these games kind of had a similar theme. So we can kind of talk about them as one. First game, Green Bay at Baltimore. Green Bay jumps out to a huge lead. They end up, they hang on for dear life, but Green Bay wins 31-30. to And truthfully, they could have lost that game. Ravens went for two, didn't get it. My first thought here, where's the killer instinct? Moving on. Cleveland at Green Bay. Green Bay gets out to a 21, or they had 21 points at halftime. They're totally taking it to Cleveland. They end the game with 24. They win, but 24 to 22. Again, where's the killer instinct? I think the one thing that I've noticed over the last month or so, this team isn't going anywhere if they can't put these teams away.
1: I legitimately, um, I, I agree with you. I, I feel like this team has always kind of had an issue with keeping their foot on the gas. I think we've talked about it a little bit in the past, but um, I, I feel like uh, that's a good comment there. That's a good <laughs> comment, man. That's nice. Rick Astley. That I don't want to age myself, but I have no idea who that is. Um, oh, anyway. you don't know,
0: hold on. We got to stop the show a little bit. You don't know
1: Rick Astley, Rick Roll? Oh, is that the Rick, Rick Roll? Oh, okay. That's Rick Astley. Oh. All right. All right. Sorry. I anyway, just made an Astley you- of myself right there. Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, so I think that we've touched on that already a little bit, and I completely agree with you. But I, I think that legitimately what this team's kryptonite is and what maybe doesn't help them put these teams away is our atrocious special teams. I mean, we've talked about it in the group chat. This might be the worst special teams as a unit that I've ever seen play. We're constantly pinned deep in, our, in, in the opponent territory. We're constantly allowing these teams to play from the 50-yard line. I mean, how are we, we going to put away solid teams like Tampa Bay if we can't pin them back And if we can't have all right starting field position, I'm not saying we got to be playing from the 50 like these teams are against us, but we can't be playing from the five. I mean, we we can't – that cannot continue to happen. So um, I I think – Oh, go ahead. What's that? I was just going to say
0: every time a punt is in the air, I have zero confidence that we're even going to catch it.
1: I agree, man. I, I completely agree. And it, it's a scary thing going into the playoffs here. And yeah, I, I legitimately think that it could be the downfall of this team. As simple as special teams is, it's also the most complex thing in the game. And if we can't get that right, then who knows? It's scary. Yeah, I mean.
2: Think... Oh, go ahead.
0: Sorry. No, right. I was just gonna, yeah. Oh, you can tell we're a little rusty. It's been a couple weeks.
2: Sorry, sorry. Yeah, it's 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 been rough. It's been rough, but it's okay. We got this. All right, anyways. Yeah, yeah the special teams is just... I mean, I'm going to swear, but it's fucking awful. It is so bad. Like, yeah, I, I know, right? Freak out. It is horrible. Like, I've seen fifth and sixth grade teams run a better special schemes than the Green Bay Packers. Like, whoever this... The, I don't even know who our special teams coordinator is, because he's so fucking bad. But he needs to be fired, like, right after the oh. season.
0: Mo
1: Drayton.
2: Mo? Okay. Well, Mo needs to be no Mo because he's terrible.
1: She <laughs> ain't yo ho. No Mo.
2: <laughs> yeah, he is. Uh, yeah, just the killer instinct, the special teams. I mean, my biggest fear is just the killer instinct to put teams away, yeah. to be able to put them away. That's what scares me the most. This is like, sure, like our offense can work with a bad field position because, I mean, we are that good on offense, I think. And even our defense, like, our defense is good to stop these teams, but it's just, like, end of fourth quarter comes around, they think that it's just over. Like, they think it's game over. Like, the Ravens game, like, you could just tell, like, the momentum shift. Like, they stop. Like, they're starting to drive down. They're starting to give them five yards. It's like, guys, like, it's still a game. Like, they score here they stop you. Like, they're right back in it. And sure enough, you know, they come right back. It's like, what are we doing? It's like, they know that, like, they're professional players. Like, we need to play a professional game all the way to the end. I just, you know, you'd see this stuff in high school teams where they don't finish a game, like, not in the NFL. Like It's just, it's kind of ridiculous.
0: Here's, yes, we're good enough on offense. There's a couple things I've noticed, especially in the last three games, so I'm going to focus on the last two. Our corners are playing way back. It's third and five, and Troy Aikman said it in the broadcast. It's third and five. Our corners are playing ten yards back. Okay, they can run up, turn around, catch the ball first down. You can put drives together against this defense lately. It's not this defense that we saw in October where we're like, holy shit. Like, who are these guys? This is awesome. It's not that way right now. They're playing soft. I don't know who the hell would play soft against Cleveland or Baltimore. Jarvis Landry is the only house, and you can argue household name, Jarvis Landry and Marquise Brown. They're not the second coming of Randy Moss. Jarvis Landry has made a career by catching the ball three yards at a time. If he makes the Hall of Fame, it will be three. He will go to Canton three yards at a time. It's never more than that. Marquise Brown. When's the last time you remember turning on SportsCenter and seeing Marquise Brown, aka Hollywood, running through a secondary? It's been a minute. Why are we playing like these dudes are Randy Moss? Now this weekend, uh, Justin Jefferson. I get it. I, he scares me deep. And if there's one place where you can attack this defense, it's deep. So I get why you're playing soft. But my God, it's Jarvis freaking Landry. It's Hollywood Brown. They're not going to beat you deep. And the other thing, Alec, I'll let you talk real quick. But the other thing I've noticed offensively, it kind of goes with the uh, killer instinct thing. What's the play calling? And I'm not one to ever judge play calling because I could never do it. My Madden knowledge isn't going to help me in the NFL. But... I don't understand. We stopped running the ball. There was another point. I've complained about this multiple times this year. We just needed a couple yards and a first down, and Rodgers is throwing a deep ball. It happened to get in the Cleveland game. I don't – look, he's the greatest to ever do it. I think that's pretty clear to all of us on this Zoom. But sometimes I wonder what in the hell goes through his mind. You need five yards. Why are you trying to get 50? I, I don't get it. Alec, yeah. <laughs> sorry I cut you off.
1: I think we got to pump the brakes a little bit on uh, Slaughter and this defense. Let's not forget that they had four sacks and four INTs against Cleveland. But realistically, I'm not sure that it was the defense that let them back in as much as it was the offense not running away with the game. You know what I mean? Like when you're yeah. getting four INTs in a game, the, I would take allowing Baker Mayfield to throw for 525 yards like Joe Barrett. Like Joe Burrow did this last week, if it meant that we got four INTs, because I mean turnovers are turnovers are king in the NFL. So I, I don't know. I, I feel like legitimately, what the what the issue with this team is is that the offense is having trouble finding its identity. I feel like we should be more of a run first team. I feel like between Dylan and uh, Jones, we could pound the rock. Every single drive, we could be do, we could be turning over seven minute drives like it's nothing, running the ball like that, just controlling the game. It's not flashy, but it will win you December football games. And I mean, granted, we've won December football games. So we went we we went undefeated in December. However, I feel like this team's identity is pound the rock. But when you have people like Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams it's really hard not to throw the ball and try and force things in when they really don't need to be done. So I I would pump the brakes a little bit on blaming the defense for the, entire, for the entirety of the comebacks. I feel like if the offense would have just kept their foot on the gas a little bit more, maybe we wouldn't even be having this argument. But that's just me. That's just me on it.
0: I'm with you. And, Dustin, I want to get your thoughts. But to just clarify what I was saying – The offense, I'm not, that's not solely the defense's problem, but I've noticed that the defense is giving up these elongated drives because they're playing so soft. That's, look, that's a Joe Barry thing, and, I mean, it's not a player thing. Because they're, this team is weird because they actually tackle. That's not something you always see with the Green Bay Packer defense. I'm not blaming the talent. I'm blaming the coaching for so far back. And the offensively, that Baltimore game, they should have scored at least 50 points. I, they could have scored every time down if they wanted. So, I mean, is a good number in the NFL, but they could have scored way more. The Cleveland game, the defense locked up a little bit for Cleveland. They were starting to, you know, dare I say, lock down. But the defense was playing decent for Cleveland. So, But they should have gotten another field goal or the, another opportunity for a touchdown, and they just didn't. They just fell flat. The second halves, their second-half offense has been brutal. And I, you're right. They should be running the ball. I know you have the greatest thrower of the ball to ever do it. I get that. But it's December. Who the hell wants to tackle A.J. Dillon when it's negative 10 degrees south? I sure as hell wouldn't. But I'm, I'm with you there. But to clarify, I am blaming the scheme for, Playing so soft, I think that's what's hurting the defense. If they're more aggressive, I mean, I, I think that solves a lot of the issues right now, and I think that cuts down on these drives offensively. Go for—I I get it, but go for the jugular. Stop with all this. Let's go for the deep ball. Blah, just extend the drive. Your poor defense has been on the field for thirty plus minutes. Give them a break.
2: I mean. So I'm gonna I'm gonna kinda of tag in on what you just said, go for the jiggler. I mean the biggest thing is I think what we're talking about it comes back to is just scheming. I mean just scheming, being able to scheme at the end of the game and say, okay, you know, what what are we gonna to try to take away from this team to end the game? Obviously against the Ravens for some reason they're like, let's take off the top, which it didn't work. And then the problem is they don't switch anything. Like they don't it just doesn't seem like they don't adjust. And then on top of it, like, you know, that's that's just a defense. I think being able to scheme like series by series is their biggest problem is they don't know how to scheme series by series because obviously, all, like the offense is going to go out there. Okay, this is our plan. We're going to try to do this. If it doesn't work, they're going to, to switch. Packers' problem is they're like, okay, this is our plan. We're not going to switch. We're going to stick to it the whole game.
0: They get conservative.
2: Yeah, they keep it too conservative. But then I'm going to go to the offense, like you said. You know, you think about what, how the Packers have ran in the past. Play action has been a huge play. Like you look early in the games, we're not running. We're just throwing. We're trying to do play action. We're not running it. Not being successful. We need like you said, we need to pound the ball. Like that's how we set up Devontae Adams wide open downfield because letting the play action roll out, Devontae Adams is gonna be on single coverage because they're gonna hold the box. Or hey it comes down to pure scheming.
0: Or hey, it's third and five, not third and twelve.
2: Yeah, exactly. And just you know, just situation football situational football and just scheming, knowing, you know, just on first and ten give it to Dylan or Jones, let them get a couple yards, let them get three, four yards. I mean, that is a good first down play, getting you three, four yards.
0: The second half against Cleveland, when they ran the ball, it was effective. And then they just went away from it. I just – I don't understand, which all of what we're talking about, let's look ahead now to the Minnesota game this weekend. Sunday Night Football, Green Bay right now is a touchdown favorite. They are seven-point favorites. Why? I, this First of all, division game. It's going to be close. You know that. Minnesota always plays well at Lambeau. It's going to be tight. Seven is a big number. Dalvin Cook is back. They just played a superstar running back, and he ran all over the field. The Dalvin Cook angle scares me. Alec. Uh, Alec. Adam. <laughs> Adam Thielen is out. That's helpful. Justin Jefferson is a monster. They're going to have to double him. And then K.J. Osborne's been solid. I, this Minnesota team has weapons. Their defense against the Rams last week, pretty good. They picked off Matt Stafford quite a few times. But th- this seven is way too big a number for me. If I was betting the spread, I would go Minnesota. I think Green Bay wins this game. But And that is a little preview of the BAB 5 because that game is on there. If I'm betting spread, I'm betting Minnesota. Can you name a double-digit blowout game recently? between Minnesota and Green Bay, I sure as hell can't off the top of my head. This team legitimately scares me. The Vikings offense scares me.
1: Yeah, I just just talked about how the Packers need to find their identity on offense. The Vikings, if they could find their identity on any side of the ball, whether it be offense or defense, they could legitimately be a threat in the NFL. And, I mean, I'm thankful that they haven't. But they have the talent to really take teams for runs, so uh, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a tight one. I still like the Packers, but I saw yep. an interesting stat. I think it was two weeks ago, so it may not be current yet, but the Vikings have yet to lose a game this season by more than one score. And on top of that, when I read the stat, every game was decided on the on the last drive.
0: I believe that's that too.
1: insane. I, That's insane.
0: It's it's crazy, but that is totally this Minnesota team. They're in every game. They're like, they're like the Lions on steroids. The Lions are in every game. They just happen to lose every game. The Vikings
1: are about 50-50. Yeah, and to and to answer the question to the commenter, um, I actually have a whiskey collection. Uh, so tonight it is a uh, it's four roses. It's a single batch. Uh, really good stuff. If you haven't tried it, give it a try. Non-sponsored, by the way. But if Four Roses wanted to sponsor us, I'd give them four yeses.
0: Hey, I don't know if you heard that potential sponsor. Send Alec a free case. We'll talk. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Dustin, you have been awfully quiet. We haven't really given you room to speak. What say you on the Vikings?
2: Uh, I'm right there with Alec. I think he's right. If- if the Vikings find their identity, they're, they're going to be a scary team. I mean, they already are a scary team on offense. I mean, they have so many weapons to go to. I mean, they're, their offense is stacked. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Even with Kirk Cousins at quarterback, which I'll defend him this year, he's a, he's pretty underrated. I think he's pretty good this year. He's solid. He's doing his job. So I'll give Kirk Cousins credit there this year. Pretty underrated. Good for him. But anyways, uh, to the game, I mean, I, I'll take the Packers all day. Obviously, I'm not going to root against them ever. But, I mean, I still think either way this is going to come down to how our defense plays, really. If we can – closing out the game, really, is like we said, if they can close out the game, we'll we'll win it.
0: Commenter C. Brault from YouTube, his prediction, 20 – I can't talk today. Vikings 27, Packers 24. Sure, I believe it. I, I think the Packers end up winning this game. I can't see the Vikings sweeping both of these games. I can't see them sweeping the season series. So I think they get this one. But if it's 27-24, yeah, it might take a weird Mason Crosby 40-yard field goal at the end of the game, and it's going to be really scary, and I don't like that. But that's totally in the ballpark of what I've been thinking this entire week. I'm legit scared of this game because right now let's update and find folks. So Green Bay this week can indeed clinch the one seed. I'm trying to figure out exactly how it is. I'm pretty sure, I don't know, you guys correct me on this, but I'm pretty sure if Dallas loses, we clinch. And I'm not real sure with tiebreakers and stuff, how that all works. But I'm pretty sure if Dallas loses, which I thought was odd, but I guess the Cardinals are now two games back. So I guess the Cardinals are kind of out of it. But I'm pretty sure, oh, right here, sorry. This is going to be an awful experience for you watching and listening, and I'm so sorry, people. I thought I had this under wraps, but now the article I was reading, it turned into an ad, so I can't find it. Well, oh, you know what? Let's come back to it. Let's go to the bag while I look this up, and I will update on the other side of the imaging. It's time to tempt fate. Hold on. Here's this week's Bag of Chaos. All right, so we will get to the bag in a second. But to update, the Packers can clinch the one seed with a win over Minnesota and a loss by the Dallas Cowboys to the Cardinals. I knew there was something weird where we we were rooting for Arizona or something. I think I said that, didn't I? I don't remember. doesn't really matter. But basically, go Cardinals this week. Because if Dallas loses, we get the one seed. But we got to take care of business at home against Minnesota. But actually, before we go to the bag, let's recap the bag. Alec... Five and three is the leader in the clubhouse. Dustin is four and four. I am also four and four. We are fighting because none of us want to do this YouTube video. So let's just get back at it. All right. Actually, Alex. Yes? Yeah.
1: I have something important to tell you. Yeah, I just really want to make sure that you give me a good rummage. I love a good rummage.
0: Everyone loves a good rummage. I mean, who doesn't? Oh, my God. Now the... <laughs> My iPad is malfunctioning. I am so sorry to those listening at home. I don't have the lines in front of me now. Oh, this thing's off the rails. Okay. The tech has failed me. I am so sorry. Let's go to the bag. (laughs) There are no more bye weeks. That I can tell you. All right. Alec likes a good rummage. I have a helmet. See if I can bring it up one more time. Okay. I have the Texans. Oh, boy. The Texans. Are 12-and-a-half-point dogs at San Francisco.
1: Wait, so does that mean that they could lose by 12 and I'd still win if I took them, or no?
0: Uh, we don't do the spreads. We just do straight
1: ups. So okay, to... I'm throwing them back. Yeah. Then that, Get that thing away from me. Yeah, that
0: is poison. I was wondering why you were taking so long. That, that thing is poison. That's all, right. <laughs> all right, I'll give you a good rummage. All right, I have one. It's stuck on my thumb, but I have one. Uh the Seahawks. Ooh, really? is that an upgrade? Oh, it is an upgrade. They are at home against the Lions. So ah, there you go. There you go. It'll be close, and you'll probably be sweating it the whole time, but you know, that's an upgrade, I guess. <laughs> All right, the Dustin. It looks better. All right. Dustin also likes a good rummage. Give him a good rummage. All right, I have one. It is the Browns. The Browns are at Pittsburgh on Monday night. They are three-and-a-half-point favorites at
2: Pittsburgh. I don't like it.
0: Nah, I don't blame you. I, that It's Big Ben's last game. I think that game's going to be weird. I'm staying away.
1: He's going to light it up. Don't
0: yeah, like it. whatever Whatever little tiny bit of juice he has left, it's going to be left out on Monday night. Uh, okay, I have two helmets in my hand. Hold on, my hand's stuck. All right. Oh, no. I'm so sorry, Dustin. The Washington football team. I'm pretty sure this is the first time we've pulled this. They are at home. They are three-point underdogs to the Eagles.
2: Oh, I mean, it's the Eagles. I mean, the Eagles are
0: fighting for their lives. They need this game.
2: I mean, Washington does too, to be
0: fair. Washington, I mean, I don't know for sure. I think, isn't Washington out of the playoff picture now? Uh, I don't know about that one. So they'd have to win out, so they'd be eight and nine. They're a long shot. I mean, sure, they need the game, but.
2: Alec, can you believe this? He's dissing your boy, Taylor Heineke. He doesn't believe in him.
0: I have never believed in Taylor Heineke. Ever. Taylor Heineke? Remember, we've had this debate. I don't believe in him whatsoever. All right. Ooh, the Lions. Nope. I don't even need to. Nope. I don't want them at Seattle. It'll be close, and they might win. Come on. I don't want it. I don't want it. We could go at it. It'd be great. You know, that would be the game they win, too. Like, no one believes in them. All right. Oh, the Cowboys. That's an upgrade. Cowboys, six-point favorites at home against Arizona. Ooh, but I want the Cardinals to win. So, that's kind of a lose-lose for me. Hmm. Well, we'll see what happens. (laughs) But Dallas, I'll take it. All right, that was this week's Bag of Chaos. Good luck to you, gentlemen. And now we go to our cornerstone segment. It is time for this week's...
2: Uh, Let's get ready to rumble!
0: Are you ready for a showdown?
1: He had the craziest look in his eyes. And at one point he said... Let's get it on. More than anything else, because this guy is a has been. First, I. That that I, that that
0: that is blasphemous. Because it's time for the takeoff. Are you joking me? We're going to be spicy, no? You know, I just realized in live time. I don't. I don't know if you guys have had this in the almost year we've been doing this, but when you have a big, a bad segment, it really sits with you. Oh, that Bank of Chaos segment. God damn it, I was terrible. I just want to apologize. I'm just going to get out in front of it. So if you can hear, if you are within the sound of my voice, I am sorry. That was an absolute show. But we're going to clean it up here. Take off. You know what? I'm going to go first this week. Because mine is the most vanilla take in the history of vanilla. Well, it is a vanilla- I
2: was hoping you are going to say I was going to have a super spice. And then you're like, it's super vanilla. Like,
0: No. Okay. I, truthfully, at this point... All of my opinions are pretty formed and they're all pretty vanilla on this football season Chiefs win the AFC tell me I'm wrong not wrong but it's pretty blah right oh yeah very <laughs> yeah so can I just write down ones for each of you
1: yep <laughs> I'm gonna no. give you know I'll give you a I'll give you a 1.5. Oh, our first point five. You
0: know what? I'll do the same. I'll give you 1.5. <laughs> Hell yeah. Give me a three. <laughs> Boy, really, I was scratching my brain. I'm like, oh, can I say something about the Chargers? I don't trust the Chargers. Oh, can I say something about the Broncos? I don't, I don't know why I was focusing on the AFC West. I could have said Oakland, or not Oakland, Vegas gets into the playoffs. Eh, but who really cares? So, Chiefs win the AFC. And I don't think it's relatively close. I don't believe in Buffalo. I don't believe in uh, really any of the AFC teams outside of Kansas City. So, yeah, I agree. Seabroll, nice take. It's an eye-roller. I'm not going to lie. It's it's as bad as they come when it comes to hot. All right, moving on. (laughs) Which one of you wants to go next? I gather myself. I vote Alec.
1: All right, I'll go. So, my take is, man, I'm in between on which one I want to go with. I think I'm going to go with my Chargers take, though, because A.J. Baralt just reminded me of it. I think that Justin Herbert is going to be the league's MVP next year.
0: Oh, next year. I thought you were going to say this year. I was like, no shit. No,
1: not this year. I don't no, think this not. year. But I think that next year, once he's settled in just a little bit more, I really do think that he's going to light the league on fire. I think that he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks of the his generation. And uh, yeah, I think he's going to get his first MVP next year. Do
0: You think the dolphins kicked themselves at night thinking, you know what? We could have had Herbert, but we took Tua instead. Do You think that keeps them up yeah. at night? Oh yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what, that's a three for me. Um, not super spicy. Cause I can see it, um, but not very dull. If that makes sense. I'm just gonna give you a flat three center cut. Like the take, not super spicy because truthfully, if all of his weapons were healthy, you might be able to convince me he would have been the MVP this year since no one's really running away with it. But I will say, of all of, all of the players that are even in the conversation, Herbert's got the most wild plays every week. I'm just every every throw is just oh my god, like this wow. Jonathan Taylor has some nice moments. Rogers has had a couple wild moments, just not as much as Herbert. And I don't like Tom Brady personally. I mean, he's fine. I just root against him because I'm tired of him winning. But for that reason, I won't root for him now. So yeah, three.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big Herbert guy. I love Herbert. I think he's like you said, he's a generational player. He the ball just comes out of his hands so effortlessly. Every throw. I mean, just just seeing how he throws it just looks like he's not even trying. It's just it's football in his hand. Yeah, it's just it's crazy. He's he's good. And did you guys see? I think it was like it's like it three, deflates four weeks my so. balls. Yeah, it sure does. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, (laughs) roll on here. Keep on moving. Three, four weeks ago where I think it was against the Giants where it was like 67 yards just in air, just on the dime to his guy for a touchdown. It was ridiculous. I mean, he's, again, sorry I've been kind of rambling on here, but, yeah, he's good. I like it. Four, I'll take it.
1: It's not like you have a rager for Justin Herbert. Oh yeah, Mister Justin Fields.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah,
0: my yeah. guy. <laughs> so what did you give him for a score? You just said you love Justin Herbert. I said four, and I'll take it. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Ripes. That's a three and a half for uh, Alec. I don't know why I said my score was three. It's one and a half for averaging I'm Sorry, I am having a very bad show. It's. The ho- you know what holiday week guys? What can I tell you? Aqua, Dustin, what do you have?
2: Okay, guys, this this one's up for my uh, my boy Joey B. You know, since the uh, Ravens defensive coordinator slandered him ever so bad, I think that Joe Burrow is going to be a Hall of Famer when his career is over.
0: Well, damn. Okay. Um, he's definitely got the weapons. The only thing, I mean, he came into the league old. So he's going to age a lot quicker. And if he's that reckless, he's got to get less reckless with his body. He takes way too many hits. He'll never make it to the 15-year mark that quarterbacks generally need. Oh, man. I like. You know what? I'm into it. I'm giving you a four, and I'm taking it. I like it.
1: Yeah, Dustin, it pains me to say, because I know it'll give you the win, but I'm going to give you a four and take it as well. Um, You know why? Because if Troy motherfucking Aikman can make the Hall of Fame with 160 touchdowns and 110 interceptions, I think Joey B can do it. And, And, I mean, I don't know. When I watched that game, him going up against the Ravens, that was other. Worldly. I it, it, there's very rare moments in sports where you're watching and you're like, wow, right now, nothing can stop this dude. Watching the uh watching the Cavaliers take on the Warriors when LeBron was hot and brought him back from 3 1. That's one of them. Watching Brady bring the Patriots back when they were down twenty eight three against the Falcons, that's another one. But man, Joey B. Lito, field on fire. It was insane. I'll take it with a four.
0: Well, I, before we move on, and I don't want to compare errors, because the Troy Aikman thing is like from a different time. Like, Yes, they were in the 90s, but holy man, that offense was from a different time.
1: Uh, a commenter... one touchdown a game.
0: I know, but that, that's the thing. If you were to drop him in today's NFL, I mean, it's, it's more of a throwing league. His numbers are probably way different. Plus, he had a Hall of Fame running back, so, you know, that helps. But, yeah, no, that I, we don't have to compare arrows. but it is an interesting point. Um, C. Brault, who's been our main commenter tonight, commented Super Bowls. Well, he said an expletive, which I won't say because we've cursed a lot on today's show. But I guess it will boil down to can Cincinnati win a Super Bowl? That's a very tall task for that garbage organization. I mean the players are fine, but just from the top down, it's a mess. It is total chaos and always has been. I can't see them winning a Super Bowl. That would be the only thing that would hold Burrow back from the Hall of Fame, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I think. It, I mean, I I think he, you're not wrong with that one. I think their defense is starting to look pretty good, though. I mean, that was the one shocker I say this year that I thought. Was the Cincinnati defense? I thought they were gonna be just awful. I thought the Cincinnati defense was just terrible. They were gonna do anything. And they were surprisingly good this year. I mean, I was surprised. I'm like the defense is pretty solid. You know, so, you kind of
0: just spoke to me. I don't know what just clicked. But I'll ask the group would it shock you if the Bengals beat the AFC title game? No. See, I, I, I don't know how I would feel. I I would are they better than Buffalo? It depends on what Buffalo we're getting.
2: Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's going to be.
1: Say that again? I think it's a stretch for this year. I think their defense needs a lot of work. but uh, I think next year, I don't think it'd be a stretch at all. I think it'd be an expectation, honestly. But this year, I think it's a stretch. So,
0: they'll probably have at least one home game. The last home game I remember the Bengals having in the playoffs was that weird. It was against the Steelers. I'm pretty sure Antonio Brown got knocked out. There was a dirty hit. I think it was Montez Bergfick to the dirtiest player. Montez
1: Bergfick, yeah.
0: Yeah. And that game was, that team was relatively talented. I just, there's something about the Bengals. They just have this stink over them. And it just, I don't, I don't know. There's something about the Bengals. But Dustin, you are this week's master debater congratulations we don't have any sound or imaging for that but you are the master debater of this week time to roll on with one of our final segments but one of our most darling it's time to get wacky it's time for random packer of the week So I'm gonna go first because this show for me has been a dumpster fire. After the analysis, once we get to the fun stuff, is where it all went downhill. So I just want to get the hell out of here. Uh, Random Packer Ryan Longwell, kicker extraordinaire, and it's Packer Viking
1: Week, so it makes me. Yeah, I I I remember Longwell. It was right on the brink of my Packer career, you know, yep. being a being a young buck, but. Man, he held that all-time leading scorer record for a long time. Hmm. Nice blast from the past. Yeah. Uh, anyway, for me, hey, well- Dustin's <laughs> got
2: nothing. So, oh, was it wasn't me. I'm sorry. I, I, hear I, just, I can't hear a word of Dead okay. Hair. <laughs> you? Okay, I'll go. I got a good blast from the past. All right, guys. This is a good one. Jarrett Boykin, receiver. Oh wow! From Virginia Tech. Hell yeah! Blast from the past,
1: I Miss Boykin.
2: I don't remember when he had just that one circus <laughs> catch, and everyone thought he was the next, next big thing, and then oh, he did nothing man. after that. Just absolutely. Yeah. So nuts.
1: Was, was was Boykin the one that picked up that fumble, and then yeah. the ref didn't blow it dead, and he ran it in for yeah. a touchdown? I thought so. Yeah, that was, that was
0: him. He was standing over the ball. Rodgers was screaming at him, picking up. And then, next thing you know, they walked oh! in and like, What? Wait, what? What just happened? That's a good callback. I totally forgot. About- I kind of forgot about that game. All you remember is the Cobb touchdown. I think that was that same game. But ah, that was crazy. Yeah. Alec? Yeah. Who are okay. You to today?
1: So, for me, my random Packer of the week is. I had them in my mind. Shoot. This thing is off the rails today. You can tell me. <laughs> let, let me I really had, oh man, I had a good one this week. Oh, shucks. Too much Four Roses. Um, <laughs> potential sponsorship. We're available. We have oh. no sponsors. Sponsor us.
0: Any minute now. You know what? Let's just sink into the awkwardness. You know what? Dustin and I, we're going to just sit here, and we're just going to let you <laughs> oh. No.
1: Oh, man. Um. <laughs> Where
0: did it go? <laughs> I oh, can't. I do that to our producer, Alex,
2: sitting here in the
1: podcast. All right, let's go with Brett pocket. Swain. Let's go with Brett Swain. Oh wow, oh, that's right a now. name. I
0: mean, if you pull that, one out of your ass, that is a hell of a name.
1: That—that's not who I was thinking of, but I remember watching. He had a catch that got called back, and we challenged it, and it was a real circus catch, and it still got overturned, but I'm still rooting for that catch being overturned again because I think Brett Swain really did catch the ball. I believe it was against the Cowboys. But that's not who I was thinking of to begin with, so I apologize to Lockdown Nation for letting them down.
2: Everyone, everyone listening, like, anyone who's going to be listening to the podcast and be like, just hear Alec for five minutes, oh. Uh.
0: So confused, which is why you should watch on Facebook or YouTube before we wrap up here. I do have a question for you that I thought of today. It's not—it's no segment or anything, but is there a football player? It could be today. It could be in the past. Who you have just clung to stock, like you believe in this person so much? For example, I couldn't think of one in football, but in basketball. I really held on to Michael Beasley's stock. I thought he was the shit. You know the game I'm trying to play? Like, I just was like, I'm not selling stock on this guy because I'm going to get the return eventually.
1: Yeah.
0: I feel like Jeff Jam... For me? Yeah, who who do you got?
1: For me, it was uh, Ryan Tannehill. I believed in Ryan Tannehill from day one. I thought he was going to be a generational talent. I still think... Man, he's got the it factor. I don't know what it is. He just can't put it all together. He's like the Vikings. He doesn't know his identity. But I think that if he ever found it, he could be one of the best to ever do it.
0: I mean, every Dolphin fan ever is agreeing with you. For seven years, they were asking, oh, is he good enough? And then they decided, no. Now they'd be dying for Ryan Ryan Tannehill.
2: Yeah. (sighs) I'm starting to think here because there's been a couple of guys where I think, but I can't think of them right now, but I'll give you the one. One that I think might surprise you guys MVS. I think he is I think he can be so fucking good, but the dude just needs to learn to consistently catch the ball.
0: I I sold all my MVS stock. I never really was high on him. I had a couple shares. I I saw enough last year. I sold all my stock. I yeah, I'm. You, I'm
2: still all bought it. I'm still bought it. I feel like he's still got a lot of potential. I mean, look at the plays he's made this year that have made a huge impact in the game.
0: That's fair. He's a big play guy, and when he's consistent or healthy lately, yeah, cool. I mean, I'm not. I have like one share left. I don't. Oh, see, brawl. I know he's guy. Deontay Johnson. Yeah. If, you're, if you're at home and you're watching. Chime in. Let's play this game together. We're only going to be on for another three minutes or so, but get those submissions in quickly and we'll go over those. Deontay Johnson. That's a good one. Although he's he's always been pretty decent. Emmanuel Sanders was a guy for me. I never really sold any stock on, but he was he was just good. He was always solid. Oh, man. Ahmad Carroll, the Packer corner. I had a lot of stock on him, only because he was fast. I didn't understand football at the time he
1: was playing. Ryan Grant. I love yes. Ryan. Yeah,
0: I had a ton of stock in him, and I was like, nope, this is the answer. And then he just fell off a cliff. Ooh, that Alex Green kid. Do you remember that running back? Oh, he yeah. was a third-rounder. That could have been a great running back of the week. He just – I was like, oh, well, this guy's going to be pretty good. But a running back from Hawaii, I mean, it's never a great sign. <laughs> Sammy Watkins has About, been out, uh, uh, a decent one. I'm pretty sure my father who commented here. I'm pretty sure he owns beachfront property on Sammy Watkins Isle Island. I'm pretty sure everyone else is out on him. I'm pretty sure it's <laughs> just him. Oh, uh, cheeseburger Calvin. Eddie! Cheeseburger Eddie! Is it weird? I still have a couple shares. <laughs> Look if he
1: could come I in. I love Eddie, man. Eddie was sweet. He oh. Was, he- Oh, he had I two
2: free seasons. I got a good one, Alec. You'll, you'll like this one. David Johnson.
0: Oh, no, yeah. No.
2: oh, yeah. Yeah. I, that dude I was think you just the won the game. For years.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. I still have David Johnson stock. Every time he comes up in fantasy and drafts or something, I'm like, what is David Johnson? He hasn't
1: been good for six years. Le'Veon Bell. Oh I yeah, know that's a when good I one. hear him getting signed to a practice squad, I'm still like, oh wait a second, he could come back.
0: Yep, that's a great one.
1: A modern one,
0: Clyde edwards hilaire I have a ton of stock in him. I just don't know if he's any good. He was, he's been okay when he's healthy. That that's going to be this this draft class or him or Justin Fields. I'll tell you, I have beachfront property on Justin Fields Island, and it's warm, and the sand is just. I mean, it's white, it's clear, it doesn't get stuck in your feet. It's wonderful on Justin Fields Island. Really, you guys should buy some stock. Buy but some he realizes
2: stock. it's a dream, but it's all fake. Do you
0: not understand the game we're playing? I'm sorry. <laughs> it's
2: okay. I'm just
0: teasing. That's going to do it. I'm going to get out of here before just I come unglued. It's been a long week. Holiday week, guys. So, thank you for tuning in. We appreciate it. Enjoy Vikings Week. Make sure you subscribe to our Facebook page. Or you can watch the live stream. Same on YouTube. Subscribe to that channel. You will get Big Al's Big Five again this week. Sean has been defeated. There will be a new mystery guest popping up on Sunday morning. We'll do that live stream. Yes? I remembered
1: my random packer of the week. Oh, hold on.
0: Hold everything. It's time to get wacky. It's time for... Random Packer of the Week.
1: All right, what do you got? (laughs) Hey, to build the suspense, to build the suspense a little bit, I'm going to say a quote and I'm going to see if you can remember, okay? We want the ball and we're going to score. Al Harris.